Blog Talk Radio. to the Frontier Beyond Fear. I'm Susan Laris and Dance, and today is Saturday, July 15th, 2023. And today I am going to return to a fundamental theme of this entire broadcast, which has to do with truly reflecting upon how fear expresses itself in our world and how love, the very opposite of fear, unconditional love, teaches us day by day, moment by moment, in so many ways, even imperfectly. We can feel very imperfect. We're living as human beings in a very intricate world. How love teaches us to have more courage and to truly discern. In fact, this show, I didn't even mention it in the tags yet. I might add them later. This has to do with discernment as well. Truly discern what is clear, what is true, what is honest in all of its nuances, and truly recognize when um, there are those who are so caught up in fear in their own ways, usually protecting um, something that is um, very um, self-centered or uh, materialistic, uh, many different things they could be protecting, but they are so intent on obscuring truth that they do not express the mutual respect. In fact, we can have mutual respect for them and truly feel empathy and sadness that there are those who need to live in such a world that they must continually, out of fear, obscure the truth. We can have empathy about that. That's a form of unconditionally loving mutual respect. But we can also recognize when we, as free souls, human beings who are incarnated souls on this planet, are not being treated with the respect that we deserve. Because when you... Pull the wool over someone's eyes. Those of you listening in other countries, I probably shouldn't use terms like that because I don't know that I could even explain where that phrase particularly originated. But when 
when you intentionally massage the truth, and so so often this has to do with omission. I cannot tell you how many times I um, observe a topic being explored or discussed, and there is such fear, oh my goodness, of fully exploring the nuances of that topic. It has to be such a narrow path through it with no questioning. That's not only apart from any form of respect, in fact, sadly, even self-respect if you're in that position. And yet we're all, sadly, although we're learning, we're doing our best, finding our courage, we all experience this fear to different degrees just because of the environment that is being propagated in our current world where um, honest exploration and nuances and let's just get it all out on the table kinds of exploration, and this very much applies to science, Science is all about that. It's not about just some narrow, narrow, narrow way um, with no questioning. That's not science. We need step-by-step to find the courage to be who we are and to freely explore and to welcome truth into our lives. It may contradict our expectations because so many things are not available. In fact, um, this topic in a way even does um, have something to do with our reliance on resources online and AI even. Um, I talked about in a previous episode how um, You know, I know this from the computer science world. We call it garbage in, garbage out. How there have been several cases, one I personally knew about, and I'm sure I could find a whole bunch more, um, where because the data on which some um, answer is being based is incorrect, maybe something that's been propagated, um, pulled from um, an incorrect source, Um, because that data is incorrect, well, then that will lead to retrieval and expansion of data based on incorrect information. So that then is actually going to drive us as human beings and true researchers to look more and more for original sources. This is not something new. Um, For so long, I mean, history itself is often told by those who want to make it fit a particular narrative. Original sources become even more important in the AI era and in this online data era. And the fact that it becomes more and more difficult to access those sources because then we need to just, you know, if someone says, well, just believe what you're told. It knows more than you. No, no. That is another tag I didn't use, utterly disempowering and not actually true. Human research surfacing actual sources of information which can contain different accounts of the same event. 
things like that. There are so many nuances in history. Um, you have to evaluate. What is the data based on? That's the starting point. What narrative is being fed throughout the data if there needs to be a narrative? That's the starting point. Is there a place for critical thinking, different ways of looking at it, looking at the different nuances, different accounts? That's the key. That is also science. Materialistic science today doesn't choose to research um, the greater reality of our world. It is so strictly based within this paradigm, it can't explore outside of it. Science, with no label, is a free exploration. It often comes to new conclusions that replace the previous ones. That's what it means to explore. I'm kind of deviating from the initial topic just a little bit here at the outset, but these shows are all thematically related and very much related to work that I am personally expanding well beyond this show um, because the time has certainly come, it's long past come, to really think about on what are we basing our conclusions when people are intimidated away from exploring different um, truths, when there is a fear-based intimidation factor to actually get at the center of something and really look at it clearly and things are just, you know, conveniently left out or even forgotten, that is not bringing us back to our central theme based in love. Love means respect and it cares about the truth. And yes, this is actually in my very favorite passage. No matter what your spiritual background, it will speak to you no matter where you are. 1 Corinthians 13 and so I am going to explore that passage again through this lens and see what else comes up along the way. And yes, I read it from an actual text. I'm not reading online because I've noticed online, really, even some said to be the same translation can vary in what it says. So this, of course, is a particular translation as well. But I know what this particular source that I'm holding in my hand that I've had for a while is going to say. I don't need to deal right now with verifying whatever's online. The wording will change in any translation. This is what I'm using. We'll start in 1 Corinthians 12 at the end. But eagerly desire the greater gifts. In fact, let's stop. The greater gifts. A truly expansive future. 
for humanity, for this world. We have so reduced what we seek and what we see to the most minuscule thing that has nothing to do with true growth and expansion and depth, a path forward for humanity, a path that is not based on, oh, some new toy, but is based on deeper understanding. And yes, spirituality, which is fundamentally based in love. 1 Corinthians 13. And now I will show you, actually I think this is still, this is part of 12. And now I will show you the most excellent way. 13 verse 1. If I speak in the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I am only a resounding, resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. How wonderful is that? Think about that for a minute. If you're not speaking in a respectful, love-based way that values honesty, values depth and exploration and mutual respect, you are like a clanging cymbal. It doesn't matter. It's just noise. It's just noise, noise, noise. It can be very distracting. But it's just simply noise. If I have the gift of prophecy and can fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have a faith that can move mountains but have not love, I am nothing. That's an interesting verse because you would think it's somewhat contradictory. How could you have the gift of prophecy? How could you fathom all mysteries and all knowledge if you did? And how could you even have a faith that can move mountains and have not love? It is somewhat contradictory because love is the very essence of what would fuel all of those things accurately. In fact, I would say here mostly if you claimed to have those gifts, because truly that's what it's saying, because you, it doesn't really contradict itself, because it's saying you are nothing if you have not love. So if you are nothing, all of those things are actually baseless because they are not based in the fundamental essence of the entire multiverse, which is love. If I give all I possess to the poor and surrender my body to the flames but have not love, I gain nothing. That has to do with doing something only to make yourself look good, not to actually be in service or for some other reason that is apart from the fundamental essence and goal that we should all have, which is 
love. So if you're doing those things for a fear-based purpose, for example, for a darker purpose, um, without clear intent based in love, love love-based service, then it is a worthless act. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. This is really important in understanding clarity because a lot of times people who, and let's be clear, we're all human beings, so we're all going to do some of this to some degree, do something based in ego, do something based in um, self-protection maybe, um, especially in a world such as this where there are some pretty um, fearsome things out there that attempt to intimidate. But what it's really saying, if someone is just so filled with ego um, um, and pride and boasting and um, it's all about elevating themselves, that often will lead to fear-based expression of truth, which generally can mean untruth. In fact, it generally does. Love is patient and love is kind. What is true patience? What is true kindness? Again, let's look at this through the lens of clarity and truth. It takes patience to get to the real essence of something. It takes discussion. It takes multiple viewpoints. This is true in science. This is true in everything. We were not patient, for example, during the recent pandemic. And there are many consequences to panic-based reactions. Um, Love is kind. If we don't base our actions on kindness, that too can lead to obscuring the truth. Many of the most cruel people in history have wanted to obscure the truth for their own cruel aims. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. All of these things, if you were rude, if you were only about yourself or your own, um, whatever it is you're protecting as yourself um, in a dysfunctional way, if you were easily angered, if you were um, arbitrarily judgmental, if you had no empathy. um, It's so interesting how it keeps no record of wrongs because that's really telling us what true justice would look like too, is we're so based in vengeance um, instead of true restoration um, and where that person is now and how um, people can change. Um, Love does not delight in evil, 
but rejoices with the truth. And that's actually the verse that led me to do this exploration today. Because we've come across it before when I've explored 1 Corinthians 13. And notice how it totally ties love to truth. Love is all about truth, clarity, transparency. When we find it, it delights. Everything else is just an expression of fear. Fear is the essence of that word, evil. Falling away from what love helps us to do. And you can also think of things non-dualistically and still see how fear is what leads us down those paths. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. This can give us such assurance when we are seeking truth, when we value truth and honesty. Um, We can feel um, a sense of reassurance. And if we have patience, we can be patient as things unfold, as things come to light. In fact, that will come up here in a minute about light. Love never fails. But where, actually, it already came up about light. I actually have explored that before, that word delight of light. Light is about seeing clearly. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when perfection comes, the imperfect disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put childish ways behind me. Now we see but a poor reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face. Now I know in part. Then I shall know fully, even as I am fully known. Okay, that's a longer passage I just read. And I tend to read those verses together anyway because it has everything to do with clarity and truth. And what it's really saying is that as human beings, we can only see so much. Um, We can glimpse things, but someday when we are fully aware of the divine, which is unconditional love, everything will be a light. We will see clearly and those things that were not clear or were not transparent will fall away this helps us to come to terms with the human experience and knowing that we are imperfect while we are here on this world but then there will come a time when there is perfection in what we can see and feel and know 
because we will know the divine. We will be fully known. That's a really interesting verse. This is something that is really important when it comes to love and transparency and clarity is in having empathy for one another. Um, I wrote a, a, a story many years ago about telepathy, for example, and how it would change our perceptions. Now, I've since kind of realized that this story that I wrote didn't see it totally accurately because a lot of people don't have an accurate perception of themselves. So if you could see suddenly into their heads, you wouldn't necessarily know with full clarity what was going on because there would be obscurity in their mind. The only way to really see with greater clarity, yes, you would get multiple perspectives for sure, and there would be more empathy and so many things, but we are all in this human state now where we can only see partially. We can only see partially, but that doesn't mean it shouldn't be our goal to see more fully, and this is so true of spirituality. When you, There is so much evidence that there is more to this world than meets the eye. And to truly explore that is what helps us to reach higher potentials in this human experience. Notice how it talks about seeing a poor reflection as in a mirror. And that's really interesting, too, because if you're looking in a mirror, what are you seeing? The omnipresent divine is everywhere, and it's in each and every one of us and in everything. And so we can't see that fully, but if we could see it more fully, we would see that it's everywhere. The concept of namaste, it is omnipresent love eternally and across linear time. By the way, listen to my last show about nonlinear time. I really encourage those of you listening to explore that episode. And now these three remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. When we value the exploration of truth, the expression the uncovering of clarity and transparency and the, the moving away from the fear-based materialistic aims. You know, when I speak about materialism, that can mean greed. But if we're really stuck in a materialistic, non-spiritual worldview where we just insist that we're not even going to explore anything else, not even open to the idea of things that transcend the material world, the strictly material world. Sure, we're living as material beings. I mean, we're also energy, but um, we could think of ourselves as, as, um, as many things. But the thing is, is when we get stuck in that paradigm of thinking, we are unwilling to have the patience, um, the perseverance to explore but I will tell you, those of us who have seen the spiritual realities, we do have the faith. We do have the hope because it fuels 
those very things, to know that there is more to this world than meets the eye, that we can know more, that we can value knowing more. I am going to actually bring this show to a close on time, or close today. Um, Thank you for those of you listening live today on Blog Talk Radio. This show broadcasts live on Saturdays on Blog Talk Radio at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern Time. You can learn more about the show at FrontierBeyondFear.com. I have another site about my work that I am expanding a little bit or changing its focus um, to show how I'm expanding in some of my explorations or at least talking about things that I've worked on for years but trying to um, to bring it all together. That site is lightedbridge.com. And I no doubt will be introducing other sites um, about different topics that you would find interesting in the future. Um, thank you again. Thank you to Blog Talk Radio for highlighting this show on their their homepage while live and um, in the featured slot in Spirituality. And you can find this podcast on many platforms, and I'm thankful to all of those syndication platforms as well. So I hope that in the week to come, you will reflect upon where you are getting partial truths. And it's really obvious. You know, okay, I guess I am not going to end on time because I just have to say something else. You're going to have to hear the rest of the podcast if you're listening live. It won't be long. Totally, um, seemingly unrelated. Last night I finished watching, I'd seen this movie before, it'd been a while, the newer version of The Stepford Wives. And I had actually forgotten how the new version ends, and I'm not going to give it away as a spoiler. But the interesting thing about both the original one, and I watched this movie when I was a child, and this was a very um, kind of a a Saturday afternoon movie. I think it was even that far back that it might show up on TV. And But the thing about it, it's about being fake. In fact, um, we won't relate it to AI right now, but it actually, even the original, was yet another one of several movies many years ago when computers were becoming more widely used that explored destructive ways that computers could be used. And the interesting thing about um, the Stepford Wives, it's it's about um, people who are practically like zombies, and they 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 all and see we're not Stepford Wives is the point. We are capable of exploring truth. But there is something that can happen where you get so stuck in a particular narrative that is being propagated that you don't even explore beyond it. And so there are those who can see so obviously that there are things that make it untrue. But when you're stuck, you're like a Stepford wife, which is sort of a mindless robot, a zombie, um, just mindlessly following um, without... Um, In fact, I could say heartlessly following. Um, And you're not even interested in what the truth may be. We all need to be aware of those areas 
where we tend to behave that way. And fear can propagate that. In fact, that was something I really noticed watching this movie last night, how that in this movie, um, um, it's it actually, there's sort of a different view of it in the newer one, but um, those who are keeping the, the Stepford Wives the way that they are, in the newer version in particular, you could see how fear is keeping people behaving in ways that are really dark. And, you know, we can see in our own history, um, if you look to various um, horrible cultures where things have happened, um, Nazi Germany or, you know, um, just any any culture where there has been utter um, repression and authoritarian dictatorships, um, many people dying. Um, there have been several examples in our history. Um, what can happen that you can even look to ancient Rome where people um, just had to accommodate whatever um, the emperor thought, even if the guy was crazy, you know. I mean, you just had to um, basically cater to that person's every whim, even when, um, you know, it was obviously not um, not anything based in respecting you or respecting um, truth or anything else. And a lot of dark things happen when people are intimidated by fear. And that came up in that movie as well. And as human beings, we all will be pressured by fear to various degrees, that that's a part of being human when the world is in such a dark and dysfunctional place, when it tries to um, make people conform to um, false realities, false um, conceptions of fact, not even wanting to explore actual fact and to diminish that even more. Um, because when we really do explore actual fact, we become closer together and not farther apart because we start to see the nuances. And it's like, the oh, why did nobody say anything about that? Well, because um, they were feeding a particular spin, a particular narrative. So there's a fact that has been left out for you maybe if you're not really exploring. And indeed, there are many things like that. And then it also gets to the point where um, there's this denial. It's like it's all fear. The whole thing is fear. Um, And it's not based in love or clarity or transparency where you've got a whole group of people um, and in that movie I just watched you could say the husbands um, who were in this movie um, although it gets a little more complex than that in the newer one um, they were all kind of keeping one another um, in this very dark place out of fear because anyone who fell out of that they were threatened I mean, by the other husbands in the movie. And so it it, it was a truly um, horrific place to be. And that's what happens when truth is not valued. So if you're in a strictly materialistic mindset, that's even more terrifying. But in a spiritual mindset, that's where, in fact, a heart set, that's where faith and trust and hope and knowing that there is more and that it's supporting you 
knowing this, knowing this. And it's just not supporting you. It's supporting everybody. But you're more aware of it as you go down that spiritual path. Unconditional love is here for every one of us. No matter what we believe about it, it's still here. But believing what we coming to know it more fully, even if we can only see it partially, will only help us, will only help us to lead. That's true leadership. It's not easy. It's a step-by-step process in such a world as we live in now. Um, Sadly, there are those who would choose to suppress all forms of spirituality because they can't see the truth, Um, and they're stuck. But the fact of the matter is it can never be suppressed because it's real. (laughs) You can't, and it's far more... Um, which influential being what it is. I mean, there is nothing that is more powerful than that. So as a human um, species, because I'm sure many planets have faced their own trials with this, the way forward for us is expansively exploring. No, no, not the way that we've been taught. It's not about just making, playing with tinker toys like when we were young. It's not about tools. Okay, another example, going a little longer. It's fine, I go as long as I go. Um, The movie 2001 and how it starts. A lot of people don't understand the beginning of that film. And what it's talking about is there's the age of the tool, and it gets all the way up to spacecraft. Then there is something that inspires a shift in humanity, and it is now the age of spirituality and interdimensionality and all kinds of things that has opened up. And I'm not saying that's exactly the way it goes, because I don't believe it's that linear. I believe there were societies long ago that got things more than we do. But the age of the tool can only get us so far. That cannot be our ultimate goal for advancement. That actually leads, if spirituality doesn't emerge to help in some way, would actually almost, I would tend to think in all cases, would lead to utter destruction. And the fact of the matter is, is if AI really was the way forward, other planets would have developed it. Now, some could say, oh, we could be trapped in an AI construct or back to the simulation um, catch-all theory. I'm not, I'll, I'll give it a few words, but, um, and it's, It's a theory for sure. It's a way that you could look at it. Um, But we're just not seeing the evidence um, that because other planets would have been able to explore and find us for sure and well beyond the UFO phenomenon. And we don't really know what that is exactly. Um, I think that we place far too much emphasis on just one part of it. And that's why for years, I have been speaking um, and 
certainly on the show, but in the old days, much more publicly, even at UFO events and on much more visible radio than this is, um, about thinking about the spiritual aspects of extraterrestrial life and how that would reach us. It's not about the tools. It's not about the nuts and bolts. That's not it. That's a very small way of thinking about it. That's all based in that tool-based materialistic paradigm and not the spiritual because the greater, greater expanse of thinking about extraterrestrial life has to do with the spiritual. So, And one could surmise any species that expanded spiritually would come to know unconditional love and they would learn to transcend their fears and they would only think of us with love because there would be no other way to expand truly spiritually all the other ways that might be based in fear cannot be that is anything based in that's not focused on light light reveals everything darkness is just the absence of light but light is still present in the world it cannot be taken away it is unconditional love. So, okay, now I will wrap up. FrontierBeyondFear.com is the website. It's not quite up to date this week. I'll get it more up to date. Um, and yes, I, I am putting more things out, and I am exploring the AI topic, absolutely. Um, in fact, I don't know if I mentioned it last time, um, um, but there have been various things that have come up on my path very recently um, to affirm looking at that. Um, even one of my articles um, that I was involved in um, when I was young in graduate school showing up on the MIT website, even though I didn't go to MIT. And I did go to a very good school that wasn't that far behind MIT in computer science. It's technically number four on the list birthplace of computer science that it was but still that affirmed for me and there have been some other things too maybe I did mention it and sure it can it certainly makes me think about some of the accomplishments that I have pursued in life in different ways but um, I feel like all of those things feed a path of service ultimately and yes, I worked in AI early on, but not not in what I would say, um, I mean, I was looking at communication primarily, although there were some other ways as well. But in any case, like my thesis work um, was not overtly AI, but it was kind of, a, it was in a related area. We just weren't really wanting to focus on labeling it in that field, um, so which is also very interesting. I could go on and on about AI, 
but and I will be doing more um, explorations in this area beyond this show and on this show because it's an important topic right now. But what is the most important thing about it is it has to be based in a true data model. It has to have even the most rudimentary of data is not verified that it's making conclusions on. That's why there was some in the news how it um, cre- literally created from thin air these court cases that never existed, for example. And the lawyers who did that, who used AI, they were chastised by the judge because it just wasn't working properly. You know, these tools, why do we place so much trust in them? Be careful when you think about what are the motivations behind telling us that, you know, you're supposed to put 100% trust in this. And I believe I gave another example where one of these chat tools literally said someone I know who has been on this show died in 2019, an author. No, no, he's still very much alive. Garbage in, garbage out. Where is the data coming from? If you're projecting from false data, that isn't going to lead you to a good place either. So we really need to think about I want to say, okay, keep going for a minute, something about the actors that are on strike, for example, um, and the writers. Well, um, first of all, AI is actually not capable. We have so elevated it right now. What is this narrative that's elevating it so high? Because it may be able to do a number of nefarious things, But it cannot replace the creativity that comes through intuitive leaps of wisdom and exploration. It can maybe try to make some semblance of something, um, but it's not the same. It'll just, it's not the same. Now, there are some other things that it can do that I could see that they have concerns about, and that's a problem overall if the industry's moving that way, um, not using human beings. Um, and there probably are some real limitations to that. I'll give you an, an example. Sometimes if you go back and you look at a film, in fact, 2001 is a good example, that was based on special effects created with with models. They literally used Material models, not just computer graphics. You can see some effects that are just amazing. In fact, the mats that people use to paint, literally paint, they're not the same. And you see a quality in them that is greater than the effects that we see today. You may be able to do a lot of really fancy things with these effects today, um, like I saw the the new Avatar movie. It does a lot of fancy things with effects. But you know what? Those old ways had something that now that they don't exist anymore are lost. I noticed this with titles, movie titles. Look at old movies and how beautiful the titles are. The titles today on movies, they have a, it's like a tinny effect. It's It's shallow. They're not... They don't have the beauty of the old artistically rendered titles. 
so many things. That's a beautiful example of what human creativity, that depth of heart-based, love-based expression of your passion, your passion as a creator, as an artist, how that cannot be simulated. It really can't. And we're going to find many more examples, too. Short of inanimate objects literally becoming conscious as spiritually as we are, and yes, the divine is omnipresent and everything, but my, you know, this book sitting next to me isn't suddenly going to start behaving consciously, not without some miracle. We can never... Um, say a miracle couldn't happen and this is kind of a different form of AI where something really you think about if something could become conscious and yes there have been many series exploring that too Um, Bicentennial Man was an early one that's been around forever if you haven't seen that movie that's really interesting Um, where something mysteriously a robot takes on more human characteristics and it's not a simulation it's it's something else short of that no you can't replace what human beings bring to the equation and on the most rudimentary level the data is flawed the data online in so many ways is flawed Um, i see it so much in my mother shipton research for example where um, it's just they're just propagating um, flawed information, and that's the problem with online um, data. Is if you don't have the perseverance, the temerity, the patience, the resources to look at original source material from the times, to literally examine it, not just what someone said about it, but to find it and draw your own conclusions. Yes, of course, AI trained to literally scan in those sources if they've been scanned in accurately and evaluate them well then it'll come somewhat closer to truth but what's happening so much with the data that we see is it's just propagating a story but it's not actually based in fact and if a story is told long enough it becomes like truth people think that it's the truth when it was really just a story. That's the problem with history and historians who do not properly, because they're defending some viewpoint in their very era, it happened in ancient Rome, how people wrote about it. They had certain things they wanted to propagate. Heck, there were, in some ancient cultures, they would just wipe out the memory of of things if they didn't want it to be remembered in a certain way. Well, that can happen today as well in the human experience. So trust in yourself. Trust in your creativity and your passion to create. That is the very spark of unconditional love and the omnipresent divine within you. Intuitive things will occur. I may go on some more. I mean, in this past week, I've had some interesting things happen, um, just affirming my path and some good things happening. Um, 
but um, I guess we won't go any farther. Um, but when you walk the spiritual path, um, it truly is a miraculous path. And we may still have trials and tests in the human world or things that maybe that word isn't the best word for it. We're here to grow. If we weren't here to grow, we wouldn't be here at all. And we'd be able to see fully, as First Corinthians 13 says, and we'd just be on the other side. We wouldn't bother to be here. We are creators. We are growing. We are a part of the omnipresent divine. We are meant to express our free expression. We are free souls. We are not just robots. And nor could robots ever replace who we are. Take care, everyone. I will see you next time. Thank you.